episode 103 for May 2010. The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They have today's comics at yesterday's prices. An example of their May comics is Amazing Spider-Man number 639. The description reads, quote, The questions have been the questions that have been haunting readers throughout Spider-Man's brand new day, and now the answers are here in four double-sized issues. What really happened at the wedding of Spider-Man and Mary Jane? And what does Mary Jane know about Spider-Man today? And how did one more day affect the Marvel Universe? Joe Quesada and Pablo Rivera are here to pull back the curtain and fill in every blank, but the answers may come at a cost to all that Peter Parker loves. This four-part arc will hold answers, resolutions, and set up the course of Spider-Man's life for years to come, and all will be revealed with just a whisper. The cover price, $3.99. Mail order has it for $2.47, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at mailordercomics.com. Okay, we're tackling message board questions, and if you didn't know, we uh, record these shows uh, back-to-back. So the previous one, uh, 101 that we just hit up, uh, we took about a five-minute break, and now we're ep- recording episode 102. But I forgot a recommendation from the last one, and it's called Mountain Dew Whiteout. Mountain Dew is uh, having you vote for three di- different flavors, and I'm going to recommend Mountain Dew Whiteout because I'm opening it right now. <laughs> it's quite a tasty beverage. Have you guys tried the new Mountain Dew? It's really good. No. Not yet. No, I haven't tried the new Mountain Dew flavor since, like, Code Red. <laughs> That's my least favorite. But Whiteout is like if Mountain Dew and Sprite and a lizard had a baby. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> it because would be a cola. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, let's hit up the Mountain uh, Mountain Dew. The message board questions <laughs> <laughs> from Funny K from our friend in Scotland who has really started a popular thread on the message board about these villains tournaments. He pits two villains against each other, and you vote, and you who do you think's win? So he says, uh, Kevin, you've done it. Brad, you have an excuse, but the rest of you, where are you? Remember to vote, and once again, congrats on the 100th episode. Have you guys uh, voted in the villain threads? No. I've been very no. active in myself, but uh, it, it's a lot of fun, really. Uh, he, he's yeah. starting threads. He's picked like 64 people, randomly pitted people against each other, and then every round, you know, half of them are eliminated, and they pit those people against each other. So it's like a NCAA bracket thing. And it's a lot of fun, especially some of the weird matchups that come out of it. I mean, we had, like... What's some examples? We had, oh, God, who was it? Uh, it, was, it was the Grizzly versus the Burglar, I think, was my favorite matchup <laughs> of all time. <laughs> that is pretty good. Folks. Did the... <laughs> Can the did the burglar win? No, the Grizzly actually won, but sad for okay. him, he went on to face Morbius in round two, and no, he's screwed. <laughs> oh, yeah. The burglar's not going to beat the. Um... No, wait a minute. The Grizzly's fighting Morbius. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. he's going down. I think. I think people have actually admitted the only reason they're voting for the Grizzly is to piss me off. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, it's a lot of me, fun, really. Um, let me log in and vote for Grizzly. Green Goblin trounced Tarantula in the last round, I think. So the, that, the, random, fight. the random draw really makes for some fun stuff. But it's good. It, it's getting some chat going. Each one has its own thread. Yeah. They're going up to about two pages apiece. And it's, it's, it's a fun thing. So I'd recommend yeah. everybody participate. And it's a very positive thing to do on our message board. Uh, Nightwatch uh, from Greenville, South Carolina, is aimed for the gang. Since Peter can't work as a photog, is there another job that he had previously held or that none of the writers even thought to give him, but you think would really fit him, and what would it be? Porn star. 
No, Rescue he, Ranger, he, that would be awesome. In Amazing 298, he dressed up as a Chippendale and to surprise Mary Jane when she came home, and Mary Jane brought a friend home, and he was kind of embarrassed. You remember that scene, Jr.? Oh, yes, definitely, I think. Yeah. yeah definitely sorry. remember that. So I, I think the obvious answer is teacher, but I think it makes him too old. Um, now, wait a minute. You, you, wait a minute. Now, now you're sounding like a Marvel shill there. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did Joe Casada slip in your drink for you to say? Oh, maybe the whiteout erases my memory, Jr. I don't know. <laughs> um, I, you know, a thing that he's never done is a uh, television news photographer. That would be kind of neat, wouldn't it? I mean, that's more modern than a newspaper. Yeah, but then they'd have to pull the whole Clark Kent thing when he was the anchor person for WGBS of trying to find inventive ways to have him sneak off so he can go into action. So that might get tired after a little while. Yeah. I like Tom Zoffo's idea of Spider Girl of uh, having him be a forensic worker or even a forensic photographer. They have those. Oh, that'd be good. That would be a photographer, and it would get him close to crime. And Carly Cooper. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, heck, in those, uh, when they did the Mr. and Mrs. Spider-Man backups and, like, Amazing Spider-Man Family or whichever incarnation of it that was, uh, that was the prequel to Spider-Girl, they actually had Carly Cooper in there talking to him about getting into the forensics like he ended up doing in Spider-Girl. So the setup's already there, and I think it's a pretty natural job for him. Yeah. Stella, any jobs you think you ought to have? Besides Chippendales? <laughs> no, I liked when he was... Oh, you were serious. You were serious. Well, I'm sorry. Well, half. I mean, he is an attractive <laughs> fellow. Um, I think... I mean, I think I liked him as a teacher, or I know I liked him as a teacher, and I mean, that doesn't necessarily make him too old. I mean, I'm trying to get a teaching job right now, and I'm 23, so, I mean, that's definitely um, doable. Awesome. What What... Architecture or what would your oh uh, Latin right now? Yeah, I'm taking Latin, some time Latin off. Teacher. Then. Yeah, yeah, going back to grad school for architecture. Cool. Jr. Any jobs you think you ought to have? Well, I think the uh, you know I'm going to uh, I'm going to to, to uh, disagree with uh, the Casada shilling here, but uh, I'd like the science teacher job. I thought that was a natural for him. I mean, first it it it, it uh, surround first of all it surrounded him with young people. If he's not so young anymore, surround him with young people. And, uh, you know, although, you know, Spider-Man showing up in various students' lives would get a little bit too old and coincidental, but I thought Peter David had a great setup where Peter was the science teacher and Flash was the gym teacher, and they were locking horns kind of like they did when they were in high school. Um, I just I just yeah. thought it was a natural. I really enjoyed it. So I, uh, well, they, don't have to, they don't have to be old. I've got a good friend, you know, Stella's saying she's doing it. She's 23. I have a good friend who's... 27. He's a history teacher at a high school. 27 is, by the way, I believe Tom Brevoort's day at age for Peter Parker. And, you know, he's a young guy teaching. He brings his own sensibilities into it. He actually records every, uh, every class as a podcast. So if people miss a class, they can always listen to the podcast of the class. And, you know, you can do wow. stuff like that that makes it for it is a young person as a teacher. I think you can easily do that stuff. My, That's my awesome daughter's, that he does a podcast. That's neat. My daughter's yeah. choir uh, director is uh, no more than 25. So, mm-hmm. you know, hmm. there's a lot of young awesome. teachers out there. Uh, Zach C. from Woodland Park, Colorado. Hey, guys, this question is for everyone. 
What is your favorite book of this month? It doesn't have to be a Spider-Man book. Um, like I said in the uh, the recommendations, I really liked Weapon X uh, Wolverine this month with Deathlock. That's my vote. Stella, you got a Batgirl or anything from DC? I imagine you'll say. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it will be uh, Brave and the Bold 33 by the time I read it uh, and by the time this comes out. Um, of the things, I haven't read it yet, though, but of the things that have come out, I think Batgirl has definitely been up there at the top. Anyone else? That's uh, yeah. I read. Oh, go ahead, Jared. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, um, I, I'm assuming we're talking about April because May just had gotten started by the time he asked this question. But, uh, right. The, uh, the, my favorite, and I don't buy that many these days, so it's a small pool to draw from, but I love Dark Avengers number 15, where Bullseye murders the Sentry's wife. That oh, was, that was good. That was, that was just great. so cool. The way he just kind of eased into it, but he was so nice and polite and, then he yeah. started in, insulting her and her appearance, and I, I thought it was a great moment. I I'm really going to miss that book, and uh, I'm not going to uh, go into detail on what I thought about how Siege ended. Uh, sucked, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm really I'm really sad to see Dark Avengers go because when it was when it was working, see all these little psychopathic personalities around each other and trying to outsmart each other, and uh, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, Kevin or Bailey. Bailey. Um. I haven't been reading any new books outside of the Spider-Man books recently, but I read an issue of Iron Man that was absolutely awesome. It was 131 from 1980, where he faces off against the Hulk and ends up trying to cure Bruce Banner through the course of the issue. Awesome, awesome story. Brad, if you haven't read it yet or in a while, you really need to check that out. I think you'd like it. I read it years ago. I haven't read it recently, but I remember it being great. It was David Michelinie and uh, Bob Layton. Mm-hmm. Yep, awesome team. Kev, you were saying something. Uh, not really. Um, as I said before, I've not really gotten to read hardly anything from my box this month, so I, I'm afraid I don't really have anything to say. I think the Spider-Man books were all I got through just so I could do the podcast. I've gotten through half of Brightest Day number zero. I'm liking that. I'm kind of regretting not buying Black Widow from Stella's recommendation from a few minutes ago. I'm shocked. Uh, Kevin was shocked I didn't order it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all right. It's a, it's a Marvel book, for God's sake. If it's I not know. a Brad's card, then what the hell? I know. Uh, Robert Bell from uh, uh, Tatooine. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Let's see. Stell's. Oh, he's on a Stell's name basis with you. If you could pick... The best actress to play Babs in a feature film. Who would it be? Also, you can take a look at my blog. I need help. Okay. Um, that, was, that, was, that was part question, part pimpage. Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, I mean, we practically already decided that Summer Glau would be a perfect pick. Um, what with all the photoshopping going on and her uh, appearance in Dollhouse with rectangular glasses just sort of emanating Babs all over. So um, I definitely would give her a chance in an awesome movie. Awesome. Kevin, if you get the time, can you read a little fanfic on off-comic section? Please give some pointers. I'm new at this. You know, if I have the time, I'd be happy to do that. But uh, one thing I, I should say to everybody is you'd be amazed how many people send me private messages asking me to read their stories. Really? Uh, yeah, whether it be fan fiction or their comic book scripts and stuff like that. And I really appreciate 
uh, that people think of me that way, that I can give them the pointers on that, but I don't have the time to get through all the stuff, so sadly I rarely get to do them. I, I, I appreciate that, and it's no offense that I don't get to it, but I, I'm kind of busy on my own, so uh, yeah, you don't see it, but I get a lot of that stuff in my inbox. Hmm, that's cool. Michael, uh, favorite scene from Comic Book Villains. I love your intro because of it. I don't know what he's talking about. Comic Book Villains came out in 2002. It was a direct-to-video type of affair. It was written and directed by James Robinson uh, when he was still flirting with Hollywood. And the basic plot is this uh, old comic book collector dies. And these two shop owners, one played by Donald Logue, who was in Blade, he was uh, he was Quinn, the guy that kept getting his arm cut off in Blade, and he's been in a bunch of other stuff, who's kind of the quintessential sleazy, greasy, you know, fanboyish comic book store owner. And on the other side of the equation, you have Michael Rappaport and Natasha Leone playing the upscale, hip, almost strip mall comic book uh, store owners, and they're both trying to get this collection. The old woman doesn't want to sell it. DJ Qualls plays this character named Archie, who kind of gets caught in the middle. And Carrie Elways is in it as this kind of shifty, shady type of character that Donald Logue basically hires to help him steal the books eventually. It's, it, it's kind of the treasure of the Sierra Madre with a comic book collection. And uh, I uh, I enjoyed the heck out of it. Um, my favorite scene, <clears throat> I yeah. would I would have to say the one where Donald Logue tries to go to the other comic shop owners and, and and attempts to team up to get the collection. And it's just a very funny scene of of, of two people trying to be uh, civil to each other and it just falling completely apart. I, I I think if you if you like James Robinson, you should at least try to check it out. It's it, It's a funny movie that hits very close to home uh, for me. You know, I might have seen this movie on Cinemax or HBO or something like that. I don't know. It's kind of ringing a bell. Uh, Let's see. His other question is kind of what T.S. Champ asked last month about our Crawl Space hairband from the 80s. And if we had a way to break up. And please don't say Spidey Dude overdoses on drugs. And then reforming the band with a new person, please pick Shag. <laughs> Who should our, I think George Berman would be great on bass. Yes. I don't I don't know. Or is the <laughs> Anybody drummer. else? Or is the drummer? That'd be good. Anybody else should be in our eighties hair band? I guess not. Uh yes, <laughs> Champ should be our manager though. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Brad, if me and Wade Wilson finally get our times in sync and then get as big as you can, we be a guest on your super special awesome show. Uh, you know what? The panel is pretty much full, but if you want to do it on the call-in section, that'd be fun. Mm-hmm. So good luck with your show, sir. Uh, Venom Maniac from Oli Kalaktios, Planet of the Raptor. Wow. Okay, there you okay go. sir. Uh, Kevin, do you think there is a common thread that all of us all of the universally great Spider-Man stories have. Uh, they don't. Suck. They have Spider-Man in them. Um, yeah, they've got Spider-Man. They've got good <laughs> writing. They've got good art. Uh, most of them mean something personal to Spider-Man. Is is the big one. Um, you know, death of Gwen Stacy. Spider-Man gets buried alive, and Craven's last hunt. You know, uh, a lot of them have stupid people dying, sadly. But um, 
But yeah, a lot of them, a lot of the really great stories, the thing that goes through all of them is they have a really personal impact on Spider-Man. And that's, you know, you can't do that every story, but that's what tends to hit home with people. Right. Uh, Stella, should Peter Parker grow a beard or a mustache? No. Oh, uh, Jay, no, I gotta hit that up. I mean, he, he's had facial hair before. Reed Richards has had facial hair when they pull long nighters, I think. I think, I think well, that is a far cry from Michael. F- what, Kev? So I think he woke up at the beginning of a brand new day with a little bum beard, you know, thing going on, so. <laughs> Well, and Stella, you said it's a far cry. From, yeah, a full-on beard, and I feel like having a mask over that, and however tight that mask is, it's going to be like some major irritation. So, yeah. Well, if you check out chafing. Astonishing Spider-Man Wolverine number one, there he is with a full beard. Oh, Really? Yes, indeed. I, didn't, I haven't read that one yet. Yes, indeed. Wow. JR, what is the worst Green Goblin story you've ever read that is not on your top ten worst Spider-Man stories list? Uh, the Child Within by J.M. DeMathis. Really? Really. It is a grossly overrated story. It is preachy. It is heavily padded. It is way too ponderous and self-indulgent. Um, is, is that that J.M. DeMatteis story with Vermin? Yes. That thing sucked. It did. <laughs> Wait, that J.M. DeMatteis story with Vermin, isn't that all of them? Just about, yeah. He, he had an absolute fascination with that character. He did it in, uh, I mean, he brought it in Craven's Last Hunt, which is another reason I think Craven's Last Hunt is grossly overrated. I, I oh. can't stand that character. And, you know, to tie, an, you know, I mean, this, in this, you know, Harry and P- Peter's story is extremely personal. To bring in this, this third wheel, you know, it reminds me of the Clone Saga in a way. One of my grabs about the Clone Saga was here was one of the most important events in Spider-Man's life, and they kept padding it with guest stars. They kept bringing in the Punisher and the New Warriors. And now, I mean, this is just, I mean, this is just psychobabble disguised as a story. I'm sorry. Mm. Yeah, he even he wow. even made Vermin a member of Justice League International, and I was really confused how he was able to do that. But uh, who the hell is that? It's, it's a joke, Brad. No, I know, but what character were you saying? Vermin. He he. he even oh, oh, there's him over another Vermin in book. Oh, there's a Vermin in DC. No, no. never mind. No it's a joke, Brad. <laughs> <sighs> now you know how I feel, Bailey. Uh... <laughs> oh, Kevin laughed. <laughs> Except, Julie, uh, you're trying to explain your jokes to all of us, and now all of us are trying to explain it to you. <laughs> oh, bastards. Uh, <laughs> well, Brad, what were your thoughts on the Thunderbolts when Norman led them? Freaking sweet. I loved uh, Warren Ellis' Thunderbolts with uh, Norman going apeshit crazy, pulling out a desk drawer with a goblin mask in it. I mean, Jr. and I both talked endlessly a few podcasts ago about how great a storyline that was, right, Jared? Oh, yeah, Warren Ellis really, really nailed that character, figuratively, of course. Only downside, that book came out once every six months. I know, I know. (laughs) And and it was overtly liberal, too. I I, I felt the liberal politics were a bit too much, but he really really got the character of Norman Osborn, though. Hollister for mayor, a.k.a. Aiden, who is nine years old from New York City. I don't think he's nine. No, he, he... he retconned. Didn't he nine? I thought he was 14. No, no, he was 14, then he came back as nine. Oh, or is he 11? He's 11. <laughs> wow. For the love of God. God bless Kevin. What is Kevin. going on? Oh, no, Kevin. Poor uh, Kevin. Drink <laughs> Mountain Dew Whiteout. I don't know what the hell happened. Oh, uh, wow. Brad. 
If, wow. if we were all together, Kevin would be up in the back of the room, like, you know, putting his <laughs> arms up and down, going, listen to me, listen to me. <laughs> He's 11, Brad. He's 11. Uh, Brad, did you mean for Ava Marie to rhyme perfectly with the 90210 theme song, Oh and Ding? Um, I don't understand really what that question means. Uh, but, yeah, that was my full intent for calling her Ava Marie. Uh, <laughs> Zach... How it that was fuck shit. Zach's not here. Oh my so, <laughs> Jr. Who's the better goblin, Hobby or Hob? I mean Harry or Hob? Uh, the the yeah, the original Hobgoblin, Roderick Kingsley. I mean he's he's cold. He's criminal. Harry is not a criminal. Harry is not evil. He's a disturbed, screwed up kid with father issues. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I don't think he's that effective a goblin. So I, I would definitely uh, give, with all apologies, obviously, to Mr. Cushing and his fine series, um, I think that Roderick Kingsley is the, uh, the better goblin. Yep. Uh, Stella, can you think of any Spidey characters who are similar to characters in classic lit? Um, I think the one character that I could think of that was like... 100% a match is um, the old Michelle Rod- uh, Rodriguez because the new one's kind of better. Uh, she's very much like uh, the character in Catch-22, Nate Wee's whore, because after <laughs> after <laughs> you're sorry and told her that Nate Wee was killed, she, for like the rest of the book, just attempted to uh, kill him. Uh, she would jump out of bushes. She would somehow get on a plane and go to where he was and try to kill him. So that's basically 100% match. Uh, Kevin, where's Crawl Space number nine? I'll be pulling it out of my ass any day now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can just see that on the solicitation. Uh, Mike, uh, Superman returns. Jesus reincarnate or Satan himself with his hellish plans of death? Or did you love it or hate it? Feel free to elaborate. Well, I, I don't think we have enough time for me to elaborate uh, <laughs> on all my feelings. No, because because it's it's a complicated issue. Um, yeah. When it worked, it worked well. Uh, when Superman was on the screen doing Superman things and not stalking people, uh, I, I thought it was rather <laughs> good. I liked Brandon Routh. I liked Kevin Spacey. On the con side, I did not like the fact that we were just retreading Superman the movie. Uh, I did not like the super stalker things, and there was uh, uh, there wasn't enough of Superman on the screen, and the the resolution was kind of weak. I mean that that the end of that film dragged on for like six hours. I swear to God. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean I, I'm very lukewarm on the film. I don't hate it, but I definitely don't love it. And I can't imagine what it would be like if my favorite character, Spider-Man, was gone from the cinema for, what, 20 years? 15 years? Yeah. Anyway, and he comes back with just of a ho-hum. You know? Were you just massively, massively disappointed? Um, the, the biggest disappointment was walking into the theater and not going, oh, my God, that was the most awesome thing ever. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's like with, with Spider-Man... You know, it took it took so long to get him to the screen, but when you walked out of that theater, you know, it, it was like a really good feeling because it was, you know, you know, Power Ranger goblin question, you know, goblin costume aside, you know, it was a good movie, mm-hmm. and you know, after it, you know it being 
you know, the character being gone so long, it's just like, look, this isn't the time for your introspective Superman story. This is a time to get people jazzed about freaking Superman. Do for yeah. Superman, I'm not a big fan of Batman Begins or Dark Knight, but at least they made people excited about Batman because they were dealing with Batman in, on his own terms. With Superman, it has to be big, it has to be majestic, and it has to make you feel good about being in the theater. And most of the time, I was just so uncomfortable. It's just like, like I had this fight in my head, like, I should be liking this, but I'm not. I don't know how to feel about that. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, Steve Rogers uh, from, where's Steve from? New York. New York. Gang, feel free to edit your profile and put your location in there. I think it's always neat to find out where you guys are from. Uh, any good April Fool's Day gags that were you part of or a victim of? Negative for me. Anybody else? Nope. No. Bailey? Um, JR? No. Oh, oh, I was part of. Okay. This one, this one, uh, did two. Uh, from Crisis to Crisis this year, we did, uh, we changed up everything on the show and talked about Batman books from that month that made it seem like we were doing Bat- from Crisis to Crisis a Batman podcast and played it completely straight the entire episode until the very end, even referencing episodes that hadn't happened. Um, <laughs> and, and last year, me, I was part of a bu- uh, the efforts of a bunch of other blogs to break a news story that Jeff Johns and Ethan Van Skyver were going to work on Vibe Rebirth, and we had no. mock artwork and all that uh, made up for it. And it was you know, like six or seven of us did it, and it got and Jeff Johns and, and both Jeff Johns and Ethan Van Skyver responded to it. Uh, Ethan's response was, "You know, that's not my artwork because they don't have the symbol glowing on the outside of the character." So I <laughs> thought that was freaking hilarious. That's nice. Uh, Kevin, have you heard of the, any of the news that has leaked out about the Green Lantern film? If so, what are your thoughts? I think the only one I've heard about is a CG outfit or a suit. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm curious about that. It could look like some just crap. Maybe they'll impress me. I'm going to reserve judgment. I know I was disappointed when I saw an article headline, you know, we got the first image of Ryan Reynolds in his costume, and I click on it, and it's him in a motion capture suit. Like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I haven't seen that picture. Fail. Well, there's nothing to it. He's wearing a tank top and he's got some little plastic balls hanging off of his legs. And yes, Excuse me. The costume's going to be completely CGI, so yeah, yeah. you're you're not going to see it until they start doing it in post. I don't know. Mm. But uh, still, I saw the, the headline and was like, hey, yo, oh, crap. Uh, <laughs> I also saw an image of Peter Sarsgaard as... Uh, Hector Hammond, and that looked really bad, but uh, he was basically wearing a T-shirt and whatnot. So, again, let's wait until we see it on the screen. Um, And uh, Mark Strong sounds like an interesting choice for Sinestro. Uh, And I know Jeff Johns is really jazzed about him, so I'll be interested to see that. But there's really just not a whole lot yet. We're still a little bit off on it. Do you like Ryan Reynolds as a Green Lantern? Does that capture it? I don't think he was really natural casting. Um, Mm -hmm. I will wait and reserve judgment because I've been surprised before. Um, I, I, I was not happy with the casting, but um, mm. I don't know. And I don't know how to feel about Jeff Johns saying that he thinks Ryan Reynolds is doing a great job because on the one hand, I respect Jeff Johns' opinion, but on the other hand, he's head of all this entertainment stuff now, so we kind of have to say that. 
so I don't know. It, is uh, Green Lantern your favorite character? Uh, Cal Rayner is my favorite character. Cal okay. Jordan's down the list somewhere, but yeah, he's, yeah. he's probably not even in the top ten, but I like him. I guess Spider-Man number two? Yes, very much. Okay. Uh, well, T.S. Champ from Florida. Group, what was the last movie you cried at and why? Besides Batman and Robin? Um, <laughs> I, I, I got I got choked up in How to Train Your Dragon right there at the end when the father Aww. and son had a moment together. It really got to me, the music and everything. I, I actually got choked up. Here's my man card. Anybody else, anybody else think Training Your Dragon sounds like an innuendo? <laughs> Kevin it was a good movie. <laughs> I believe you. I'm sorry. Kevin, you got one that you cried at? Uh, you know, I'm not trying to be a manly man or anything, but I honestly don't remember ever crying at a movie. I, I'll get, you know, kind of choked up once in a while, but I don't think tears have ever flowed. And I don't remember the last time I got choked up, really. Stella? Um, probably the last. The last song with uh, Miley Cyrus. That was, uh, but you know, Nicholas Sparks. He, you know, I'm a girl. It's allowed. <laughs> and uh, Miley Are you Cyrus actually of did. Miley Cyrus? A, no, she actually did a good job. But you know, I should have known that someone's going to die in the movie because that's what Nicholas Sparks Aww. does. So. Damn it. Uh, Segwaying off of Stella, my answer is also Nicholas Sparks, The Notebook. The scene where James Garner and his wife are are having a little scene, and then she forgets who the hell James Garner is, and oh man, that tugs at you. I was like, oh, have you guys seen the Notebook? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's an unfair question because I'm really emotional with movies, so it yeah. doesn't take a whole lot to get me going, either feeling angry or sad or whatever. So, yeah. Jr., have you ever one you balled at? You know, is T.S. Champ the same one that asked whether or not we cried at a comic book or something? Why are we getting Man. these questions? <laughs> 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 I really do. <laughs> I guess Jr. is too manly uh, to have. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll answer the question, but uh, I, okay. od oddly enough, it was the uh, first Spider-Man movie, and I'll tell you why. Oh. I'll tell you why. Um, after Peter graduates, there's a scene where he's just sitting on his bed, and he's just softly crying. And Aunt May walks in, and he talks about, you know, they're talking about Ben, and Peter just says, I really missed him. Aww. And th this, I mean, for anybody who's known my wife, th this was about a year after my father had died. Yeah. And and Ugh. so, I, you know, all these memories it, it kept flooding back, obviously. But, you know, and then Aunt May says, well, but he was there, you know. I mean, just... And mm -hmm. the thing when you lose somebody like that, um, you know, and, and I know Mr. Bailey talked about losing his mother. Uh, you know, when they die, I had enough trouble when they die. You know, I mean, you have enough trouble when the person dies. Yeah. But that's a just that's almost like a hot flash that that burns and cauterizes. The real pain is when they're just not there. That's that's the real pain, and you know that's what Peter was going through. I mean, he had the emotion of Ben dying, feeling responsible. You saw Ben slip from his fingers. But just the fact that here was one of the biggest events of Peter's life, and Ben would have been there just busting at the seams, proud, and he wasn't there. 
Yeah, because, um, yeah. you yep. know, my mom died my senior year of high school, so I went through that. So, yeah, I got yeah. choked up in that scene, too. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Yeah. It's, but anyway, that, there you go, TS champ. Here's my main card. <laughs> oh, God. I'm kind of choked up right now. We got to oh, change the subject like gosh. soon. Berserk Fury, do it. He's from, uh, the post apocalypse. Oh, he's depressing, too. Uh, BD, even though you don't read DC comics, do you have a DC, favorite DC character? If so, who? I like Booster Gold. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, my gosh. Sorry. <laughs> I guess Batman. I've always liked Batman. I liked the movies. At one point, I collected all the Batman titles circa 1989. Uh, but I, I, I think I like them more in film and animation than I do in comics, mainly because I can't afford to buy all of them, and I just devote to one universe, etc. JR, same question. Favorite DC hero? You know, that changes depending on, uh, really, in a way, going back to, like you said, the movies. Um I would right at this point in time I would have to say Superman because I just saw not too long ago the Donner cut on American movie classics and I really enjoyed it although it was I mean it was obviously very choppy and had a lot of editing and flow issues because basically it was just a bunch of scenes cobbled together uh including some test a uh, test scene I don't know if Mr Bailey recommended it the Donner cut on a show or not I think he- I think you said it on your Facebook the other day. Didn't you? Don't you hate the Donner cut? I don't hate the Donner cut. I just—it's an emotional issue, and, and it's—and it sounds silly to say that, but in Superman fandom, there is this need to put Richard Donner on this pedestal and worship at his feet, and to put all of the success of the Superman films onto Richard Donner. And the the great outrage there was when he was taking off of <laughs> Superman 2. Um, one, things happen for a reason. I happen to like the Lester cut of Superman 2 better because I thought it had a better story to it. And the Donner cut that we saw is not the Donner cut we would have gotten because he used the original ending that he had in mind for Superman 2 <clears throat> of turning the world back around, but because they stopped filming 2 because they were filming both one and two at once, they decided to put that ending on Superman the movie. So it would have been completely different. Um, the Brando scenes are great, but I just I just prefer the Lester cut. Um, but I, uh, the, the, no, I'm oh, sorry. go ahead. No, I was just going to say, but I depending on the movie, and I saw that, and I just you know I just I really like Christopher Reeve as Superman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like, you know, and I, I don't want to argue the merits of the Donner versus the Lester cut, because uh, that really wasn't the point. Uh, uh, but just, you know, I, it depend, I just sometimes think Batman is too, I mean, I like the Batman movies. I really, enjoy, I mean, I enjoyed these last two ones. I enjoyed the uh, yeah. Tim Burton's first one. But as kind of a, as a character, he kind of gets old. His intensity, his, you know, his, you know, I'm going to beat the crap out of these criminals and stuff. You know, it's, it, it gets kind of old sometimes. And, uh it's refreshing sometimes to have a, you know, I, I guess to have a superhero like Superman, you know, who represents, you know, a lot of good things. So, right. you know, I like Superman. The only, the only problem I had with uh, Superman 2 is he went back to the uh, the diner and kicked the guy's ass. Is that out of character? Um, in the in the Lester cut, no. It's him kind of getting his get back. And he, and he didn't really kick his ass. He just put him in his place. In the Donner cut, it makes absolutely no sense because when he turned the world back around, he made it so that the Phantom Zone villains never escaped. So the guy never beat him up. So basically, Clark Kent went and randomly picked on some <laughs> dishbag in a diner. 
<laughs> yeah, but he still yeah. deserved it. <laughs> oh, man, I didn't even think about that. Uh, Michael, your thoughts on War of the Supermen? Okay. Here's, here's the sad truth of it. I Uh-oh. haven't bought comics in four months. I've only read The Amazing Spider-Man to be on the podcast, and, and, and it's been up and down. I've been enjoying it. I really can't afford comics right now. We're, we're not in desperate straits. I mean, it's not like the house is on the line or anything like that. You know, we have food on the table. We have a roof over our head. But with certain things going on in my personal life right now, I just can't afford the comics, so I haven't been reading it. And I feel yeah. kind of bad because everyone is asking my opinion on it, which is touching, but I can't give it because I haven't been reading it. I mean, at some yeah. point, I'll probably go back and buy all these issues, but it, 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 it's, it's kind of depressing that, you know, this is the first time in 23 years that I haven't been buying comics regularly. So, hmm. Stella, what female writer would you like to see on Amazing? Devin Grayson, just to make you angry and go berserk, berserk. Um, oh, no. You're going to make <laughs> me angry, too. <laughs> I'll go with, uh, I mean, Gail Simone. That'd be pretty interesting um, to see what she would do uh, with some underused or poorly used female characters. Okay. Uh, Kevin, why no love for Alan Moore? Okay, at this point, you should rewind the podcast, go back to where J.R. talks about the child within, and pretend that's me talking about Watchmen. <laughs> it's the exact same thing. It's overwritten, self-indulgent. It, ugh, I didn't like it. I think he comes up with some decent stories. I thought Watchmen was a decent story, but, you know, I don't like the way it was presented at all. Um, Killing Joke, I I liked, I actually did like the, the flashbacks of the origin of the Joker. I hated the modern stuff. Uh, beyond that, I haven't read a whole lot of Alan Moore because, you know, if I hate what I'm reading. It doesn't make me want to go buy some more stuff. So that, that's pretty mm-hmm. much it. Okay. Uh, let's see. Six, six, six and a half from uh, the meth capital, California. Uh, congrats on 100 episodes. Uh, I guess to the gang, I loved Kick-Ass. But uh, those that saw it, did they like it? Has anybody besides myself seen the Kick-Ass? I've not seen it. Okay, I guess I'll answer this one. Uh, what do you think of the controversy and people like Roger Ebert calling it, quote, morally reprehensible? Are the rating systems ignored by critics and moviegoers alike? Note, I had a family bring two to three-year-olds to the movie in front of me. Okay. Well, that's that's an idiotic thing to do because the movie's rated R. And there is uh, violence, there's blood, there's swearing, etc. But I think for people over 17, I think it's no worse than any other violent movie. And it just... This one just happened to have people in spandex and costumes. Uh, the, the, girl, the, the young girl was in the movie was, uh, I thought she had a good character arc. And I, I was a little thrown off by her swearing a couple times in the movie. But still, I thought she was a great character. And I, I would recommend the movie for anybody over 17. Kind of like the Amazing Spider-Man books when they have sex in the books. So <laughs> not the nine and above. But, uh, no, don't bring a two- and three-year-old to any R-rated movie. Come on now. Yeah, when I was uh, a law-abiding citizen, um, when he starts chopping a guy up with, like, a buzzsaw, I hear a baby crying behind me. Like, this is parenting? Yeah. There was something we saw in the theater a few years ago. Oh, it was Pun- no, and Punisher Warzone. Anyway, it was a clearly an R-rated movie, and I knew there was going to be blood, and I knew there was going to be guts. And I heard a baby crying, and I heard a toddler back there. I'm like, what are these people thinking of? The, Why do they? 
Is, they don't have a babysitter? I mean, still. The theater here uh, in Fayetteville actually has signs mixed in with the movie posters. So it's a movie poster-styled sign that says, if the movie is rated R, you cannot bring an infant into the uh, into the movie, and, it, yeah. and or you will be asked to leave. So I'm glad exactly. that some theaters are finally stepping up with, you know, I understand it's hard to get a babysitter, and I understand that you want to go out and see a movie, but damn it, you have a responsibility to your child to, yep. to not put them through something, even if it's just a baby. Them being in the theater is the baby's going to cry and people are going to be annoyed. I mean, that's just BS. And with great power, anyway, Spider Dad. <laughs> Great. Spider Dad, uh, Lost in the Urban Prairie. JR, any updates on the upcoming essays? <laughs> you know, I actually was writing there again. Uh, believe, awesome. it, believe it or not, I have over 60 written pages of material. JR, uh, put them out, brother. Put them out. All, it's like six different articles. And the reason why is because I sometimes get in ruts and hate. So, I, Like I said, I often hate my own stuff and can't stand it. Uh, we love it though. But, your 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 worst stuff is your is yeah. some of the best. I, 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 sincere, <laughs> I sincerely appreciate that. But no, I really do have a bunch in the hopper. But I keep getting thrown these curveballs. And the latest curveball I got thrown was the reason why I couldn't do the podcast yesterday. My I signed my son up for baseball this year, and nice. you know I, I was checking the website and he wasn't on a team. And I said I called the commissioner and said why isn't he on a team. Well, they didn't have a coach, and so we're going to disband the team unless you want to be a coach. Well, guess what? Oh, oh. So that, so something always keeps happening, Spider Dad. But trust me, I, there's stuff out there. I'm working on it, but you know, for some reason, life just keeps getting in the way. Coach Jr. That's your new name. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> what's the name of your kid's team? We are the Marlins. The Marlins. Yeah, right. we're all we're the like, Goblins. Yeah. Not the goblins. That'd be awesome. Well, if I spot, if I would pony up the money and sponsor it, I probably could call it that. But uh, <laughs> it's all riffs on major league teams, so we're the we're the Marvels. Uh, Spider Dad's question to me: the gallery section of the crawl space seems. You mean our porn section? Uh, the gallery section <laughs> of the crawl space seems to be a great place to save the banners. Any plans to do that? You know, I read these questions in advance, Spider Dad. And it just so happens, uh, on Thursday night, my cable modem died. So I have to have my nightly computer fix. So I did something that I haven't done in a long time. On my computer, I have these Spider-Man images spread out in several different locations. And I started the process of organizing them. And I created a message board folder on my desktop. And I've put over 200 message board banners. I never throw them away because they take a little time to do, but I, I have kept a folder of message board banners. And I will, I promise you, I will put all these on the image gallery, along with some other stuff that I've been meaning to put in the image gallery. That thing hasn't been updated in two years. So I apologize. Also, you know, Spider Dad and Sam Kirby always says, I would love the full image that you've made from the message board uh, image and put it in the gallery. So my plans are to eventually do that, but I'm going to tackle one project at a time. I'm going to mess with the banners and add 215 images to it. So that's my plan, Spider Dad. I'm going to do it. Uh, to everyone else, since BD calls you guys a gang, is there any secret hand signals or something you use to avoid the authorities? Mm. We just say 
Spidey dude is an alien. I don't know. What? I don't, I don't even know what that means. No, we don't have any handshakes. Do we have any our, our, secret codes? Our gang sign should be the thwipped. Yeah, that's how we we uh, cross borders. Uh, <laughs> what a weird one on that one. Uh, everyone, Spider-Man uh, 666 is only one year away, way, way. If the three times a month format stays, it's kind of rhyming here, vote yay or nay <laughs> that Marvel will do something or address the Mephisto deal in some way with that issue. Yay. I bet you, <laughs> I bet you it'll be four bucks and Mephisto. I don't know. I don't know. It'll be five dollars. Mephisto and a clone of Mephisto with a holographic cover and a little hollow disc. Dude, if they brought back holographic covers, I'd be I'd be all excited. I, 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 I would too, dude. That that uh, uh, amazing three sixty five with the hologram on that that was awesome. Also, the web ninety, mm-hmm. I think, or yeah, that whole month. Oh, dude, uh, that was sweet. I tell you, I just sit there and stare at my live-action Spider-Man hollow disc for hours. It's it's enthralling. <laughs> anyway, six six six. Are they bringing back Mephisto in that one? You think, Jr.? <laughs> that would be look so at, cool. Look at your magic ball. That would be yeah. it. Would be incredibly tacky, but it would be so cool. But I'm worried that, uh, frankly, I'm worried that they're going to do away with the three a month format, which. For all of the problems it causes and the unevenness, I I, I still like that idea. So, right. yeah. Mephisto was in some book I just read recently, and I was thinking to myself, that I wonder if they're going to reference one more day. But uh, I, I can't remember what book I read it. Anyway, it, it was it was a new book that just recently came out too. I can't remember what it was. Uh, Extreme Spider from New York City. New uh, York Brad City. New York City. Congrats on getting to a hundredth show and not having to fire anyone. Since this is the month of Iron Man two, do you think you can use the Ozzy Osbourne Iron Man song? Mm, no, I, I'm trying to stick to Spider Man songs. This isn't Iron Man Crawl Space or Iron Man Rust Place, uh, <laughs> but uh, Rust Place or the Licking Lizard Lounge. Uh, Jr. Uh. Who the hell? Determined, I love how he starts that one off. JR, who the hell? Determined that the Green Goblin should have a man, 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 maniacal. help me with this. Maniacal. Maniacal. <laughs> maniacal laugh. Wow. Raise your hand yep. if you talk to people for a living. <laughs> <laughs> I'm holding up a finger. Does that count? <laughs> well, there's, there's one of our secrets. Spire Dad, there's one of our secret hand signals right there. You just uh... right there. I just gave it to Bailey. <laughs> what? That was kind of the maniacal laugh right there, Jr. Why does he have a maniacal laugh? You know, I I've kind of wondered that myself. Uh, you know, I think this is a thing that started with the '90s show. Uh, I don't recall him having one in the '60s show cartoon, or and frankly, he was mostly. He was mostly dead for so many years. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I guess animation just abhors a, a quiet moment or something, and they figured since he was, uh, since he was uh, based on some kind of goofy character, he had to have a maniacal laugh. I have no idea, but that's a good one because my son is playing those old episodes, and it is very annoying, actually. <laughs> uh, yeah, he had one on Amazing Friends. I, I he did. I remember from yeah, the 80s. I, yeah, I've yeah. not seen yeah. that. I've not seen that. Oh, it's 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 actually a really good episode. It's one of the better ones they did of mm-hmm. that series. Here's the first one. Yeah. Uh, Stella, do you think that the Black Widow was portrayed right in Iron Man 2? I think so, yeah. Um, and, you know, there was some 
I mean, obviously she's like a sexy character, so I think they did play with that, but I don't think that she was um, over-sexualized. I mean, the costume could have been way worse. I think that was like, um, you know, only a little bit revealing. It wasn't that bad. And I, like Kevin, really liked the the stunt scenes. I think that, um, in a way, they should have looked so stylized, so choreographed, because, I mean, she's a spy. She's been so well-trained that she's going to be able to take people down in any number of ways. And I thought that fight scene through the hall was so wonderful. So, mm-hmm. Kevin, we know Ryan Reynolds is the Hal Jordan Green Lantern, but which other actor would be great for other lanterns? You know, I looked at this question thread before the show, and I've been trying to think about this uh, through the whole podcast. And I'm sorry, but I don't have anything yet. Um, maybe ask me again later, but I've been trying to think of great actors, and I've, uh, I've not come up with anybody that I think is perfect for any of them. Isn't there a big, giant lantern, uh, just real muscular? He's like a dog or something? I don't know. Kilowog? Yeah, wouldn't uh, Michael ba- not Michael Bailey, Michael <laughs> uh, Clark Duncan <laughs> be great for that one? I'd make a great uh, What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> he's huge. I don't know. Anyway, he's yeah, I know. Uh, Michael Madsen did the voice in um, the first Flight movie, and I was not all that impressed with that actually. But um, yeah, Michael Clark Duncan could be good. I just I, I, I hate to just default to the biggest guy we can think of. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's it's true. like for John Stewart, I don't want to go with the first black actor I can think of. You know. <laughs> Uh, Spidey Set UK, congrats on the 100th show, and congrats on the baby. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, Brad, I'm trying to cut down my order from Mail Order Comics, and I spent a bit more than you on there. Which titles, in your opinion, from Marvel are not worth buying at the moment? <sighs> um, the X-Men, there's a lot of fat there. You can dump X-Men Legacy, I think. Um, X-Force, X-Factor's still good. Um... Uncanny's hot and cold. Um, amazing spite. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I think the uh, look at the X Men titles if, if that's what you buy from. I don't. I, I know you post in the uh, the what we buy every month thread, but um, the uh, X Men look there. Bailey, you've been watching Smallville recently, and if so, pumped. If so, how pumped are you for the season finale, which you haven't seen yet? Do you, are you? Going to watch it on Hulu or something? When I buy the box set, I'll watch it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest yeah. with you about Smallville. I understand this is about the journey of Clark Kent becoming Superman, but damn, it's been ten years. Come on. <laughs> Should have put the costume on like two years ago. And, 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 that's, and, it's, and, and it's childish, but it's how I feel. Kevin and Stella and me, Gail Simone on Ms. Marvel. Would you buy it? As much as sure. I like Gil Simone, I'm not a fan of Ms. Marvel, so no. Kevin? Probably not. I mean, honestly, I've, I've still never read a Gil Simone comic. I've got Birds of Prey number one waiting for me to read, um, but I, I have not read it yet, so I, I can't really judge based on her, but based on Ms. Marvel, I'm not, I can't imagine myself picking up a Ms. Marvel solo book. I would buy it. I like Ms. Marvel. I've got all 50 of her issues of the recent series. I thought it was an okay book. JR, you mentioned during the call in cast that you watched some old school Doctor Who. Did you like Doctor Who back then? And if so, who's your favorite Doctor? Who would that be? Well, actually, <laughs> I think, I, I think, you know, we, we did discuss this at length. Um, uh, I, um, because PBS started showing the, uh, Doctor Who's, uh, starting with Tom Baker. 
and then they went back and showed some of the old John uh, Pertwee, and then they caught back up and started showing Peter Davison, and I don't know what that happened after that, but mostly I saw Tom Baker. So to me, Tom Baker is Doctor Who, and he, you know, because I think of Doctor Who as just, you know, kind of like James Bond, totally British, totally eccentric, um, you know, totally off the wall. Uh, to me, and to me, that's British, and, and to me, Tom Baker is, you know, Doctor Who. Uh, I did like it, but it I liked it for its cheese factor. Because, uh, like mm-hmm. I said before, you know, it had bad acting, bad sets, bad special effects, but it was kind of fun. Um, I don't like the fact they keep making the Doctor a, a younger and younger man. I, I just don't like that. I, I just really don't like that. Maybe because I'm just becoming an old crank, but... Uh, so no, I would say that uh, I would say I did like it at one time. It does wear thin after a while, and uh, Tom Baker is my ideal Doctor Who. Uh, Greg XB from Los Angeles has another question for Jr. Joe Quesada right. said that Marvel plans on keeping Norman Osborn as a Marvel Universe wide villain instead of relegating him to a Spider-Man villain. Is he too far away from his roots, or did Norman earn his promotion? Oh, that's a really good question, and I really want to. Really want to address that in an essay someday. I've already got the title for it and everything, but yes, I think Norman. I like the idea of Norman being a Marvel Universe villain. I think Norman is. I saw that uh, clip that Joe Casada had. Um, you know, he said they have plans for Norman. They, they, you know, they're definitely going to use him. Uh, you know that I'm glad about that. Um, I didn't like the way he went out in siege, to be honest. But uh, no, I think he uh, I, he's a great villain. I, I I love Norman Osborn for for various reasons. So I'm glad to see him fight somebody uh, and uh, make more enemies than just Spider-Man. And for all the gang, if you had to name your number one all-time favorite film, what would it be? Greg's favorite is Casablanca, which I don't like. What? Yeah, even I had a film appreciation class in college, and I watched it there, and I just did not like that movie. Sorry. Uh, Stella, what's your favorite film? <sighs> Clash of the Titans is one of my favorites. Uh, the old one, not the new one. And uh, definitely Gone with the Wind. Ah. Uh, Kev? Gangs of New York. Gangs of New York. What's that? You're kidding, right? <gasps> oh, no, that's Leonardo DiCaprio, isn't it? Yeah, Daniel Day-Lewis. Uh, oh, Day yeah. Day. With the Butcher. Got it. Yeah, Got it. Bill the Butcher. I thought One of the we're... best performances I think I've ever seen. Sweet. Bailey? Superman 2. Lester Cut. Superman 2. You know, I, I, I love Superman the movie, but Superman 2 does not have Lois Lane reciting poetry in the middle of it. And I, <laughs> and I think that edges it out a little bit. But Superman the movie is so epic, so... Can you read my mind... Do you know what I'm... No, I'm sorry. Oh my <laughs> JR, what's your favorite, man? Oh, man. Uh, you know, it's, sometimes I change my mind. Uh, Citizen Kane has always been one of my favorites mm-hmm. uh, with Orson Welles. Just a, just an epic film. Um, I like the Ten Commandments. Uh, I have to watch that every Easter. <laughs> because it, it, I used to like it because I, I used to be, you know, go to church a lot, and you know, that's, you know, was really wow, you know, seeing the Bible on screen. But now I like it for the sheer bad acting value i mean it is <laughs> awful and baxter is that is i mean you have to watch that and baxter is great edward g robinson you know as 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 some kind of uh, mobster jew you know it's like last ah, thing you see we're gonna build the pyramids here see uh, it just... <laughs> it's like harvey Keitel it's... as pontius Pilate in last temptation of christ 
Yeah. Wow. No, no, he was uh, Judas. He was oh, Judas. Judas. Like, he, he was he was a red haired Judas. <laughs> <laughs> you are the king of the Jews. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and Godfather one, uh, the first Godfather. I'd say those three, depending again, depending on my mood and when you talk to me, uh, either one of those would be my number one. I've got a three way tie. Um, two of them star John Candy. Uh, planes, trains, and automobiles. I saw this when I was a kid with my grandpa, and I still love this movie. That's not a pillow. I laugh out loud. Love that movie. Just love that movie. It's also tied with Uncle Buck. I love Uncle Buck. I love the pancake scene. I love the 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 car that he takes the kids to school in. I love the the back and forth between Macaulay Culkin at the dinner table with John Candy as what do you do? You got a lot more nose hair than my dad. You ask us many questions normally. I just love that back and forth. I've always loved that movie. I mean, my grandpa saw that when I was a kid in the theater. and just loved those two. And also, of course, Spider-Man 2 is up there also. One of my... Isn't that funny? The Bailey likes Superman 2 and I like Spider-Man 2. Anyway. Uh, Lady Spider from Baltimore, Maryland. Spidey Dude is not here. Damn it. Stella, what was Peter's best job? I'd still say the Teacher? Teacher? Uh, let's see. Webbed Century from, we don't know. This is to the gang. It's his, it's their first question, his first question ever. So basically, since when Brand New Day started, Marvel said that they wanted to condense Spider-Man into just a single title, which is amazing, instead of across numerous series, what are your thoughts of Spider-Man having numerous miniseries? Amazing. Webb, Peter Parker, and... Uh, relation to Marvel's original reasoning for giving us amazing three times a month. JR, you hit this one. You're just not buying them. Uh, well, yeah, you're right. I'm not. Um, yeah. They're just too expensive. Very often they're of, of very poor quality. Um, and, um, you know, I, I, I like, you know, I, and they hardly fit into the Spider-Man universe. They're like these throwaways. They hardly ever impact uh, the regular continuity. So um, I just, I don't like them. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Well, I guess it's to the whole gang. Uh, Kev, do you buy the 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 satellite titles? I guess is what they're called. Not really. Uh, I was buying Web. I quit with number seven um, because I just wasn't getting much out of it. And uh, I've got the American Sun mini ordered only because of Gabriel Stacy, uh, but I haven't read the other ones. I think honestly, though, we've gotten into the worst place we've ever been in with satellite titles in that uh, with all these minis and then web going on, so much of it never impacts what we care about reading. But then you can run into something where for like an entire issue, they're saying, I hope you read Mr. Negative number one to three. So you just never know what you're supposed to be getting. I think that's really bad for the fans. And then in turn, it becomes really bad for Marvel when we're not buying the shit. Mm Mm-hmm. Stella, you don't buy them, do you? No, I don't. I actually, I guess I was just really dumb. I thought Web was something completely different. And I went to my uh, LCS quite recently and picked it up and flipped through and realized that um, there was some sort of threatening note for Michelle Gonzalez. So I guess it's in the same universe. But I just, yeah. I mean, because Spider-Man is so hot and cold, um, you know, it's, it's troublesome sometimes to read that. I'm not going to go through the pain of reading other things. So, yeah. yeah. And, and Bailey, I know you don't buy the satellite titles. I mean, no. did you, what the Superman, is Superman similar? Does he have a whole bunch of web of Superman? Um, 
used to. Uh, yeah. There was a time, especially when they were doing the never-ending battle system back in the uh, mm-hmm. late the nineties, you would have like a especially in the very late nineties, you would have a Elseworlds prestige format book like every week, and those things were six dollars a pop. Wow. So. And there were 80-page giants, and there will be these mini-series. You know, you know, Superman and Spider-Man really f- rode that same line in the 90s when you think about it, with all of mm-hmm. the events and the, the four books a month and everything like that. Yeah. Well, I think uh, actually Batman... Go ahead, Kev. But I think Batman has gotten to be the worst about these days. You've got Batman Robin, Batman, Batman Streets of Gotham, Gotham City Sirens, Detective Comics, uh, two or three others, you know, uh, Batgirl and Asriel and all this stuff. And then you've got miniseries coming out. So you've got Return of Bruce Wayne. It's essential. Uh, I'm, n- I'm not even sure where things like Batman Odyssey and Kevin Smith's miniseries about Bruce Wayne fit in. And oh, so I look at Batman and think us Spider-Man fans have it easy. Noctis7493 from San Diego, California. This one goes to everyone. I recently got myself an iPad and immediately purchased several of my favorite comic book series and issues, such as the new X-Men from 2004, the Runaways, Volume 1, and both of the X-23s miniseries. Those are really good, those X-23s, I'll admit. Yes, they are. Uh, all comics sold in Marvel's App Store and are priced at a buck ninety-nine. Initially, I wasn't a big fan of reading comics on the computer screen. However, reading it from my iPad is highly amusing and fantastic in the next five years or so. Do you think the digital sales and distribution of comics will overtake printed comics, much like the situation in the music industry? MP3s versus CDs. Um, I, I could see it. I mean, it doesn't take much to outsell comics. I mean, 100,000 issues is the top of the comic book echelon. And I think iPad and iTunes crap 100,000 every minute. What do you guys think? I don't think it's going to take over. Um, I think the biggest difference between music and comic books is you're getting the same experience listening to music, no matter whether it's coming from a CD, a cassette tape, mm-hmm. an MP3. Uh, it doesn't matter. It's the exact same experience listening to the same song. It's coming out of your speakers the same way. With a comic book, there's an entire difference from actually holding a comic book in your hands, flipping through the pages, to being on a an iPad screen and you know holding that and trying to flip with your finger across the iPad screen and figure that shit out and it's, <laughs> it's not the same experience. Uh, I don't think it's. I think a lot of people don't think it's as good. I don't think you're going to have as many people paying for the expensive ass iPad uh, and then paying for these comics for a dollar ninety nine they don't actually own. Uh, I also think the distribution system right now is crap because you have. You know, Marvel has its own app, and then all kinds of comics have their own individual apps, and then there's these three or four apps that have, uh, you know, these publishers, but not this one, and the other one has these publishers, but not that one, and it's just, it's really scattered. There's nothing like Diamond to distribute. Uh, I don't think it's where it needs to be yet, and even once it does get there, like I say, the experiences are different, so I don't think it's going to be like the music industry, but I could be wrong. And I'd also like to just chime in real quick is um, I don't think it's a good idea for fans like us to invest a lot of money in these comics because from personal experience, since my hard drive died, I lost all of my iTunes music. I lost all of my podcasting stuff. I lost 
two-plus years of architecture work that I would have put into a portfolio. So if you're buying this and that happens to you, if something, you know, technology is unreliable. Anything can happen. You can drop it in a toilet, even though it would have to be a really large toilet, I guess, for the iPad. But, <laughs> I mean, you're losing all that stuff, so that's all that money is gone. So, I, However, I think if you can buy the songs on the iTunes store, I think you can re-download them. Am I, not, am I correct? No, you're not. I'm not. I thought you could. No, I got my hard drive wiped a while ago. I lost all my music. I went to iTunes to try to figure out how to do that. There was no system for it. I finally found something where you can, uh, when they converted to the iTunes Plus thing, you could, quote, upgrade songs you had already bought for 33 cents a piece. So I got to re-download a bunch of songs, but for 33 cents a piece. Uh, mm. There is no re-download if you've already downloaded, uh, which, that yeah, sucks. That, that makes but, exactly what Phil is saying. I lost everything I had bought. Ouch. But 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 here's the thing uh, about digital comics and, and it overtaking printed materials. I think it will because it seems to me that media, even movies, are becoming more disposable in people's minds. Like, yes, you can lose all your stuff, but... To some people, they just want to read a comic and never think about it again. Or yeah, watching true. a movie. They don't want a thousand DVDs on their shelf. They'll s- stream it right from Netflix. And if the several articles I've seen recently are any indication, that is becoming the predominant way people are watching movies from Netflix. Instead of having to have it sent to them, you know, it's the immediacy of the entertainment that people seem to be attracted to. So I think I don't think it's going to happen next year. I don't think it's going to happen within the next five years. But I'm willing to bet within 15 to 20 years, everything is going to be digital unless, you know, the big EMP hits and we don't have any technology. But <laughs> but I, I think it's going to be the way to go. I, I don't think – I don't. Uh, I personally won't be there. Uh, I, I, I don't know if I'd pay $1.99 for a digital comic because I'm old school and, and I like to have it – you know, if, if I'm going to keep it, I want to own it, you know. If it's just something I want to read, that's fine. I'll dash off two bucks and get my entertainment's worth. But if I want to keep it, I want to have it so I can put it in a plastic bag and stick it in a cardboard box. So, the well, thing I, is, I I think the buck ninety nine is what's attractive to it, and I don't think Marvel releases their new issues on this thing. You got to go five or six years ago for comics there, right? For some, or are they re- the newer ones they release? But it's it's not a thing where they release the new ones at the same time. I don't think I I think. They should try releasing the new ones, see what happens, or would it kill the comic book stores? I don't know, but I think the price point may be what tips it. I mean, if we're to the point yep. where you can buy a comic for three ninety nine or a dollar ninety nine, uh, and if that price point on the printed one keeps going up, then I think uh, yeah, we will start to have the digital taking over just because it's cheaper. Yeah. I agree. Jerry, we haven't heard from you. What's your two cents? Well, I'm very bad at predicting the future, to be honest. If you had asked me 100 years ago, I would have told you the horseless carriage would never catch on. But, uh, <laughs> you know, and I, and I used to say that, you know, well, computers will never replace newspapers or comics or books because you can't take one into the toilet and read it while you crap. Well, now you can. Uh, you really can. So. Flush it, flush it when you're done. And, and, you know, uh, and I am. Uh, I mean, the, I don't know. I mean, the printed media is just dying. I mean, I see a lot in my kind of in my job. I see a lot of credit facilities in a way that go to media companies and newspapers, and they're just 
dying. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, Washington Post is trying to dump Newsweek now and U.S. News went to like once a month and, you know, and I, I, I read U.S. News, you know, voraciously during uh, high school and college. It's just, print is just dying. And I, yeah. I would, and now, you know, now we have Kindle and the iPad and I, I, I think, uh, I think Mr. I think Mr. Bailey's right. I think five years is a little bit too soon, but uh, you, I think you may very well see it happen. Yep. Uh, so the question is, uh, BD, would you ever considering an app for the crawl space? I think that would be a great way to keep everything neatly organized and would be especially nifty for fellow iPhone users when you do call-in shows. If I knew how to program one, I probably would. But uh, Bertoni. Uh, from our site, told me that he's developing an iPhone app for the crawl space. So I don't know what we're doing with that. I think it's going to have the RSS feed of the front page. It's what's going to be on that app. Or if I post something on the front page, it'll instantly go to your phones. But I don't know the status of that. I'll have to ask for Tony. But, uh, yeah, we're thinking about it. I think I won't be involved with it because I don't know how to program the damn things. But uh, I downloaded it on my iPhone. I think that'd be fun. Uh, Abul Aziz from Bahrain to the ones who play games here. That would be me and Stella and Bailey. And JR, actually. If Activision CEO said openly that Spider-Man 3 the game sucks, how come it la- it's labeled as a bestseller? Even wa- ever wondered about that? Ultimate Spider-Man was priced higher, though, uh, ev- ever wonder about that? You know what? The game may suck, but it may sell big. I don't know. <laughs> what do you guys think of that? Well, Spencer didn't think it sucked. I mean, you know, and yeah. uh, I thought it was okay. I mean, sometimes we forget. Sometimes, you know, I mean, as adults, you know, and we look at like comic books and movies and video games, and we, you know, we get old and sophisticated, and we say, "Oh, that's that's," and we forget that sometimes maybe this stuff isn't always targeted to us. <laughs> so, True. but anyway, but Spencer liked it. Uh, the next one's for Stella and Kevin. Since there are, are the Ask You threads, what's the difference between here and there? Except that here we hear your voices and there we can ask you as much as we like. <laughs> well, the thing you might not realize is that everybody here has an Ask You thread. It's just that you and Stella answer. <laughs> <laughs> That's I do. true. Bailey has an Ask You thread. I'm pretty I have sure there one. is. Go through, the, go through the comic section. I'm pretty sure there is. It's just been a while since it's been updated. Okay. okay. I'm sorry. I mean, he has one, Brad has one, I think. I'm not sure about this, but I think somebody might have started a JR one. It just never went anywhere. I haven't well, read I, mine in a long time. Well, I mean, I probably wouldn't have seen it. I don't post a whole lot. And besides, Brad was generous enough to give me my own uh, spot. So there's really no need for a, an SJR thread. Javi, Javi Trahilo. Javi, thank Javi, you. Javi Trujillo, raise your hand if you talk to people for a living. Uh, Austin, <laughs> Texas. <laughs> Specific, if this, it wasn't on a prompter. Specifically to Bailey, but I would like to hear everyone's thoughts as well. Do you think Spider-Man titles would be better if they adopted a never-ending battle approach? Specifically, drop the teams being on specific arcs and, ass- and assign them a- an issue. For example, Slot and Romita would be on the first issue of the month, Wade and Kitson on the second, and Kelly and Lark on the third. That way you knew that the first week would always be a Romita issue. I realize it wouldn't be as a cohesive uh, visually when the trade came out, but do you think this approach would work? Would people only buy the issues a specific team did and not the others, even though they are named amazing? I, um, I honestly believe that that never-ending battle approach was very specific to the Superman books. 
And after a while, after a couple of years, it did kind of peter itself out. So I don't think they should try it again because they were basically doing that during the Clone Saga. I mean, that's how those stories were told, even though it was a, it was a, a arc once a month. It was one set of creators picking up from where the last set of the creators left off and, and, uh, we're, we're setting it up for the next team. So I don't think that would work mainly because I don't think the writers of today could function like that as a team. I mean, 52 was an aberration. The fact that that worked as well as it did was a fluke. So I, I, I just don't think the, the current creators have it in them to do it. I just think it would be back to web spec and amazing if you did that. I mean, just do that that way. I, I want to read amazing and have a cohesive title and have stories carry through. I think that would be – we think it's choppy now. I think it would be hell, hella choppy waters if you do it that way. Uh, JR, would you like that? I don't, no, I don't think I, anybody would. No, like I, no uh, I want – I'd like – like this amazing coming out being the sole uh, in continuity title, so you know, funny yeah. me, I guess. Uh, Kevin Stella, what are your two cents on that one? It would suck. I agree. Yeah. Stella, yeah, I agree. Kevin, if you started your own Green Lantern Flash or jo- if you started your own Green Lantern Flash or John's podcast, would you have me on as a guest or a co-host? I guess I would have to hear an audition and find out if you're going to get a podcasting. <laughs> uh, Don, Donald Mark from the Dakota Universe, which is North and South combined. Uh, which fight in which Spider-Man got pwned do you think was completely illogical? For example, being spanked by a Parker runner for one. What was that? What issue was he talking about? On that that was like Screwball, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, good grief. Uh... Jerry, you got anything that stand out in your mind that you just was like, what? Oh, no yeah, way. oh, yeah, definitely. Kevin Smith's The, evil, the evil That Men Do, when, mm. uh, when when Black Cat got the drop on Spidey and was able to knock him to the ground and webbed him up with his own web shooter, even though it's been established that no normal human can push Spider-Man's web shooters. Uh, no, that was, that was awful. That was stupid. Bailey, any of the stick out in your mind? That that's screwball. I'll, I'll go back to that. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Yeah. Um. Kevin or Stella? I'm trying to think. I can't think of one. Yeah, that yeah, fight between Tarantula and Nightwing was never good. Oh wait, we're hmm. talking about Spider-Man. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah. I <laughs> Wow, that was like three hours later, I Bailey know, left. I felt really it was, dumb. It was, a, like, wow. it, was, it was a joke grenade. I apologize. <laughs> it was a joke grenade. <laughs> uh, I, I really, Nightwing is a Marvel character, and so is, uh, well, I thought you were talking about Man Bat, but never mind. Or no, uh, what's the, the guy from the, uh, Batwing, that's his name. What? From, uh, Untold Tales of Spider-Man. He's in the Avengers Initiative now. Brad's trying to make connections where none exist. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I, I, Chair, you don't remember that issue from Untold Tales? Like issue two or three? You remember oh, it. Yeah, yeah, there was a, what you're talking about. I, I, yeah, there, I, I, remember, I remember the character, but I don't really remember yes. the stories. So My bad. Okay, alas. 
Uh, we'll move it on, Donald Mark. I just confused the hell out of everybody, and that joke grenade just screwed it all up. Uh, what is your favorite Spider-Man story that dealt with a supporting character? Kevin's gonna say Flash Thompson right off the top, I bet. Uh, or not. Or not. <laughs> favorite Spider-Man story that dealt with a supporting character of all time? Uh, yeah. damn. <laughs> I don't know. They, a lot of them deal with supporting characters in some way, don't they? Uh, I don't know. Sorry, I, that's, that's a huge question. There's I like that one. Issues of Spider-Man. Amazing 259 with the the origin of Mary Jane was good. Yeah. Amazing 400. Ooh, with Aunt May, that was good yeah. too. I mean, uh, the Flash Thompson backup story was great. Yeah. Yeah, the Flash Thompson issue was good. I liked the Betty Brant issue that uh, Mark Wade wrote. <laughs> oh yeah. That was good. Cool. Jerry, you got one? Yeah, it um uh, actually probably two because I talked about one last time when we were asked to someone was trying to prompt emotional responses from us but uh the Uncle Ben story <laughs> where Peter goes to a baseball game with Uncle Ben and also uh Robert, Roberto Aguirre's Casa uh his sensational <laughs> story with Aunt May where the where they were on the run and it was like the oh, three yeah. the you know MJ and Black Cat and Aunt May each had a story from their perspective and I I think that was the best Aunt May story uh, ever told, and uh, you know, because for so many decades, Aunt May was treated like a senile old fool, you know. And uh, this, in this one, that one really, really gave her her due. So I'd, I'd probably say right now that's my favorite. The sensational Spider-Man Annual Number One was good. That was good. had a lot of Mary Jane in it. Uh, Stella, do you got one? Yeah, I agree uh, with the two fifty-nine. I think uh, Mary Jane's mm-hmm. origin is always good. Uh, last question from Donna Mark. About, after all this discussion about how non-friendly Brand New Day has become, what can you remember was the darkest, most vile thing ever done in Amazing Spider-Man before OMD and B&D? The introduction of Judas Traveler. <laughs> there you go. Uh, introducing rape into the backstory of Black Cat. Uh, I thought Ooh, that, yeah. I thought that was kind of stupid. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Hmm... JR? I, you know, I have been trying to think of one. And, Me too. And I cannot think, <laughs> Me I, too. I cannot think of one. I mean, I, I agree with Mr. Bailey about the rape of the black cat thing, but, uh, uh, you know, I, I just don't think that in years past they were trying, they, they, they were trying to deliberately offend us like they seem they are. They, they, <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I agree. Maybe sometimes they, they, uh, did, they, uh, accidentally might have offended us, but, I just don't think, uh, I think it's strictly a modern era thing where they seem to get an almost uh, perverse pleasure in uh, either making us sick or pissing us off. Yeah, Stella, you got one, a vile one? Um, Spider-Man of? Rain. Oh, good. That was good. <laughs> With, yeah, the yeah. spider cancer. That's pretty yeah. good, yeah. That's pretty good. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> do, do, do you think it made a thwip sound when it came out? Oh, spider plumber uh, from <laughs> Oak Bank, Manitoba, Canada. Uh, I have all the anima- animated movies that have been released by both Marvel and DC from the last 10 years or so, starting with these 90s Spider-Man episodes that were made into movies. Until now, my question is to all of you, do you find that one company tends to outdo the other in terms of overall quality? Bailey, you got this one. You collect a lot of those. Um, yes, DC will outdo Marvel in terms of voice casting because they change it up. Uh, Marvel's movies have been pretty consistent on who plays who. Um, I, I think that the DC movies have been trying to do different things with the voices. They had Carrie Russell as Wonder Woman, which I thought was wonderful. 
they had the guy from Law and Order. What is his name? He played Jesus in a TV movie too, as Batman in New Frontier. But then you had uh, Jesus in a TV movie. Well, yeah, I, I forget. Jeremy Sisto. Jeremy Sisto. Uh, uh, um, you know, Kyle MacLachlan as Superman in that movie. I think really in overall quality, DC edges out Marvel, but that's only because Iron Man and Doctor Strange sucked so badly that it kind of <laughs> dragged the whole line as a whole down. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I think Marvel does better movies and I, than uh, DC on live action, but I think they animated, they get their ass kicked on both the TV shows and the made-for-DVD movies. But that's my opinion. Stella, you love the Wonder Woman movie. Oh, yeah, for sure. Great. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think the only bad um, DC movie that I've seen is uh, Brainiac Attacks. And uh, I think they they lived or they learned a lot from that one. But definitely, I, I I've only seen poor poor uh, Marvel movies. I actually like Doc Strange, but I thought Iron Man was bad, and sort of the Avengers ones are iffy. So yeah, the Avengers ones were real rough. I couldn't even get through Iron Man. I need to watch it all the oh way through. God. It's like a G. I hear it's I hear it's horrible. I hear it's horrible. Kev, you watch any of those? Uh, really the only one of the movies I've seen, I think, was Green Lantern First Flight, and I was not at all impressed. I own that and haven't watched it yet. Yeah, yeah don't bother. Return. That was the greatest <laughs> second act of a film I have ever seen. <laughs> really? Really? JR, does Spencer have any of those Marvel DC directed movie, directed DVDs? Uh, actually, you know, he, he doesn't have the Marvels. He's got some of the DCs, but not a whole lot, so I can't keep up with you guys as far as talking about the quality, but... Um, I love that Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. I, that, oh, when, when, yeah, when that you, was good. When you talk about DVD, straight-to-DVD animated flicks, I'm thinking if there's a better one than that, you know, you I, I don't know what it is. <laughs> uh, and, yeah. and I think the uh, the original Batman Superman uh, that they did with the Joker and Lex Luthor is kind of, it's not great, but it's, it's fun. It's kind of fun. But I, yeah. And my wife just bought him a, another one, another Batman Superman, but I haven't sat through that one with him, so I can't judge it. Hmm. That was Public Enemies, I think is what it's called. Oh, okay. Yeah. Drew 15 with an avatar of a cute little Spider-Man booty, which is very cute. Oh, uh, Stella, I always thought that the propaganda part of the Aenid, Aenid. there you go, had more to do with the Virgil declaring the Romans and the Roman Empire was better than the Greeces. Wow, you get these big questions. He made a point to show that the Romans were descended from the Trojans, Trojans, and seemed to me that the point was more about saying that this epic story about Greece winning the Trojan War was not really true because Rome is Troy. Come back for revenge, and we are the dominant empire now, and Greece is gone. Kind of like a shot against the Iliad and the Odyssey, and not a tribute to them. Your thoughts on that? Uh, they're, they're definitely not a shot um, at them. Uh, there is, or there are, I suppose, literally... Um, multiple moments where you can see that he is harnessing Homer. Um, for one thing, um, books 6 through, no, 7 through 12 of the Aeneid are all going back to the Iliad because it's all about fighting um, people that are native versus people that have sort of come to shore. And books 1 through 6 go back to the Odyssey because it's all about um, Aeneas and his crew trying to actually get to Rome, to Latium, and, um, you know, him going back 
this backflash and showing everything. Uh, the propaganda, I think you're probably correct that they are definitely trying to say, hey, we're better than Greece. But um, a big part of it was getting at least uh, the, the Julio-Claudians, um, finding a connection for them or for them to – this is very – it's hard to explain this, I think, on a podcast. Um, connecting at least Julius Caesar and Augustus to deities um, because, number one, you have the connection via Romulus and Remus because they are the sons of Mars. And number two, you have the connection through Venus because Venus is the mother of Aeneas. And if Aeneas is the um, ancestor of the Romans, specifically Julius Caesar and Augustus, his adoptive son, then you have two links to um, gods. So, yes, it is a big propaganda um, or a way to... Um, show that Romans are descended from uh, Trojans as well as the gods, but it's also a way to show that or put Augustus on this pedestal, um, which is something that he really wanted to show that he's all-powerful. So that's, I, yeah. I really should have paid attention in literature class instead of chasing skirts. You know, I mean. <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking, you know, I read a really good book recently. It was Dick and Jane, you know. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> I hear Vivid is making that into a movie. <laughs> Tech from my home state of Missouri, St. Louis Mo. Have any of you read the Busick and Lee edited un, uh, Untold Tales of Spider-Man anthology, which they put out in the 90s? I know Mr. Bailey and myself have read that. It's an awesome, uh, awesome book of I, short I stories. I read that one. Oh, you haven't? You I read, read Ultimate Spider-Man, which was excellent. Okay. Well, that this was the follow-up book, and it was excellent too. I just I haven't read it in about ten years, but uh, a bunch of short stories of Spider-Man. Yeah, you can look up on eBay and find it. Jared, did you read this one? Uh, that's not a. It's not a collection of of Kurt Busiek's Untold Tales series. It's brand new. I, I'm, I'm not familiar with it. So uh, there's a picture up on the thread. It's it's uh, got a Mike Zek drawn cover. I, I've not seen that. No. Uh, I just wondered, is, is it a collection of already existing stories, or are they brand new stories for that? Brand, brand new prose stories. Oh, Outstanding. I, no, I've never read it, no. Okay. Uh, and Kevin or Stella, you need to read that one? No. Okay. Hertz. Uh, we don't know where Hertz is from. Hey, gang, this is uh, for all of us. Uh, the people who are currently or having recently written uh, Spider-Man, this includes but not limited to the Web Trust, who do you think has the best grip on understanding the characters specifically, and who has the best grip on Spider-Man in general, meaning Peter and Spidey and supporting cast. J.R. and I are going to agree Roger Stern recently, I would think. Mm, well, I was going to go back to Peter David. Uh, oh, yeah. It's hard to argue with Roger Stern, but I I think, uh, and having read you know Peter David's like Star Trek work, I think the guy's a great writer. I think he, does, he really is. So Peter David would be great on the main book. Not a satellite book, which he was on Friendly right. Neighborhood. And he, he was so constrained in that book, right. he really mm-hmm. couldn't do much with them. When he, he uh, that's why his spectacular run from the '80s was great. Uh, even though that was a satellite book, he did something with it. With the when he took it over a second time, he was so limited mm-hmm. because he had an unmasking. All the big shit was happening. And amazing, he couldn't really do much. But I would concur with Peter David. I I love love his stuff. And and Kev, you can attest his his X Factor stuff. Oh, outstanding, X-Factor, brilliant! I was just not impressed with yeah. my neighborhood. But uh, for to answer the question, just going the past what two and a half years of Brand New Day, I'd probably have to say Greg Wiseman. Oh yeah, 
I agree. Stella, <laughs> Stella, who would you like? Oh, I definitely um, like Roger Stern, and uh, I mean, we could also go back to uh, Stanley. I think he always had a good grasp on him. Okay, and Mr. Bailey. I'll go with Peter David. I'm a big fan of Peter David, so I'll Me go too. with that. And he needs another book. All he's writing right now is X Factor, isn't it? And he's More got novel those. work that he's been working on too. He's he's very busy. Yeah. More time to focus on X Factor though is I'm fine with that. Yeah, I wish that book would sell more. It, that recent storyline with the, they were looking for the Invisible Woman was just awesome. I thought. I'm just really really happy it's made it over 50 issues. I can't believe. That. Me too. Me too. Uh, JGC from uh, Canada. Question for me. Do you have a clone? Here's Hear me out. He's 34. He was born 1974. He was introduced through Spider-Man through the 70s Electric Company. His favorite Spider-Man era in, is the 80s. He loves Marvel's Secret Wars, and he just found out his wife is pregnant, and we're having a girl. All these things can't be a coincidence. I may be your Canadian clone. Wow, that is a lot of similarities. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, and I love that your avatar is a 2JC from Roger Stern autograph. That's just so cool. What are you saying, Jared? I was going to say he can't be a real Canadian, though. I mean, he does. I don't. I don't see one a there in this whole thing. <laughs> you hoser. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> you hoser. No, no. Congratulations on the baby girl. That's awesome, and and uh, good luck finding Spider-Man girl stuff. I just posted something on the front page. I found a Spider-Man pink onesie for little Ava Marie. And uh, I wish Sp- Marvel would put out Spider-Girl stuff. What's up with this, Bailey? Uh, Supergirl's everywhere. Well, she's a little more marketable. <laughs> oh. oh, come on. <laughs> Spider-Girl would be great for little girls, I would think. She uh, hasn't I been in an animated series yet. That's true. That's true. Uh, last question. Our good friend Crazy Chris. He is uh, dealing with finals, so good luck with that. Uh, my question to me is, in Marvel Universe's Ultimate Alliance video game, there's a part where you're in Mephisto's realm, and you have to choose either Nightcrawler or Jean Grey to drop into the pit of fire. Imagine yourself in the same situation, only your your choices are Zack and Miss Piggy. <laughs> who, do you, who do you save? Oh, man, that's a tough one. <laughs> Is that a great last Stella, question or what? <laughs> Stella was was there a Mephisto's realm in Ultimate Alliance? I don't remember that. Yeah, and that's when you first get um, Ghost Rider. And Man, I need to play that game again. I have it on the PS3. I beat it on PS2, but I don't remember Mephisto's realm. Wow. Uh, yeah, I gotta save Miss Piggy. <laughs> Only because of your uh, fascination with Muppet um, pornography. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I just did a Stella impression. Did you notice that? Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's the end of the show. Final thoughts. What do you think, JR? Anything you want to hit up? Uh, No, I just want to go. (laughs) (laughs) I got to pee. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Zach's not here. He's off working right now. Uh, Kevin, any final thoughts? After being here for over three and a half hours, I think we've hit up everything we possibly can. (laughs) Yeah, Stella, final thoughts? I have garbage sitting in my foyer. <laughs> that, what does that mean? Yeah, I was about to say, are you... Are, it means like I have garbage stuff? sitting in my foyer. <laughs> so you're having to take out the trash right now, is what you're saying? Basically. Okay, she's saying she's got a blind date or something? Is that what she's saying? <laughs> <laughs> On that note, hit stop. 
And that's the last show for May, gang. Before we go, I want to spotlight another Spider book on sale at MailOrderComics.com. This one is Amazing Spider-Man Presents The American Son, number three. And the description reads, Son meets father, Harry Osborne's first face-to-face with his father Norman since the end of Siege. And what Norman knows about American Son will change Harry's life forever. Man, that was kind of vague, wasn't it? The cover price is $3.99. Mail order has it for just $2.47, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at MailOrderComics.com. Gang, thanks so much for listening. I'm your host and webmaster, Brad Douglas, for the Spider-Man Crawlspace.com.